everyone. Good morning. Please turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 13. Looking at the beast this morning. And uh, we'll see how things go. I may return to this chapter again. Um, I've been a long time in Revelation. I'm just over halfway through, and I'm kind of jealous that Steve's done his Genesis. And I don't speak. You're, you're moving. You already did another book last week. You've done a whole other book. Yeah, <laughs> the whole chapter. The whole book of Jude. All no, it was Second uh, John. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Thirteen verses. I get confused. I, I think of Jude a lot when you're in. Yeah, those Jude's books. one chapter too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's start out by reading chapter 13 of Revelation. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth, and them that which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name." Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before I get into this. Heavenly Father, 
you know our hearts. You know that we truly want to understand your word. And I know, Lord, that my understanding is feeble. Um, Lord, we know that we're in the last days. We just ask you, Lord, for wisdom, for understanding. And, Lord, that you would help us to be faithful in these times of deception. Help us to see clearly what's going on in the world, what we should be doing as believers, and how we should walk. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There is so much ground to cover here. There's so many things that I could focus on. The main thing I will be focusing on is just the word beast this morning. And what does that mean? And I have a lot of context to give, and I, I don't like giving my own opinion and my own words. So I'll be reading a lot of scripture this morning. The thing I want, one thing I want to show is that this beast is also a man. You see that towards the end of the passage. And that he, he rises up out of the sea at the start of the passage. But we find out later in Revelation 17 that he also came from the bottomless pit. Revelation 17, verses 7 to 15, it says, And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains, on which the woman sitteth, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the poor sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So from this passage, Revelation 17, we get confirmation that the beast also comes from the bottomless pit. And then at the end of the passage I read, uh, the waters which thou sawest are peoples and multitudes, nations, and tongues. And you'll find that in scripture when it speaks figuratively of humanity, we're referred to as kind of a sea or an ocean or waters. So this beast is a man, but is also a beast. Revelation 9.11 says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. If you recall, when I spoke on Revelation 9, it talked about the star that fell, and then it says, To him, the star, it was referred to as a person, was given the key to open the bottomless pit. And then this Abaddon comes out 
this Apollyon. And perhaps this, this entity is the spirit of the Antichrist, which then is joined to a man or is possessed inside of a man to become what we might understand to be the Antichrist. Then there's a second beast that we read about this morning in Revelation 13, who deceives with his miracles. He causes men to make an image to the beast. This second beast is also known as the false prophet, which you can find in Revelation chapters 19 and 20. The third entity, evil entity, in Revelation 13 is this image of the beast. And what is unique about this image Unlike other idols in scripture, which men have made to represent gods that they're trying to worship, this image becomes alive and it is able to kill those who won't worship it. And it is this image, I believe, which is requiring the mark of the beast to buy or sell. And maybe towards the end of the message, we'll touch on what this thing could be. And with today's technology, what what is possible already possible which is scary so those seven those seven mountains the seven heads represent the seven mountains which we learn from revelation 17 and we see also in scripture that mountains represent kingdoms there is one old testament passage deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1 which talks about seven nations it says, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashite, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. So there's an early picture of Israel uh, coming into the, the promised land and having to God conquering for them, seven nations greater and mightier. It's kind of a picture, a prelude to, to Israel and the church, the saints, God's people, um, conquering the world system, the seven nations, the seven kingdoms, the seven mountains in the future. I also want to bring in Daniel chapter 7. And I, through this, I'm, I'm barely skimming the surface here. I would encourage you all to dive into this yourselves and study on your own time and get a greater understanding. Jan, Daniel chapter 7, verses 2 through 28. It focuses on beasts as well. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four beasts came up from the sea, diverse from another. The first was like a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had 
upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it, de it devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. This is that same beast that we're reading about in Revelation 13, which also has the ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of, a, of man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure, like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words, which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Keep that in mind this morning, as, and as we look at these, these evil days ahead, what comes after is the Lord, and he'll be in charge, and he will be glorified. As we were um, thinking of praying and singing about this morning in our first service. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by, and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me, and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom, and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the force the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet, and of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, 
and another shall rise after them, and she, he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. There is so much detail in here. There is, like, even just reading it just now, um, verse 22, Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. We, as believers, are going to be asked to judge angels. And it says that in the New Testament as well. And I didn't even realize that it's right there in this passage to confirm the New Testament passage. So, and this ties in with what Steve was speaking about last week. The spirit of Antichrist. 1 John Chapter 4, verse 3, it says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is, is it in the world. And we can definitely see that today. If we look at what the world is saying, what, is, what our televisions are just soaked with, the internet is full of, what people are saying online. Um, I'm looking forward to the Lord's return. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And that spirit is still working today in the children of disobedience of this world. And things are coming together. The Lord will use this beast to judge the world. Yes, this beast is opposed to God, but God is also using this beast to bring his judgment upon the world. The cup uh, will be full, and God's time, his patience, will finally come to an end. Uh, interesting passage, Acts chapter 28, verses 3 to 5. This is about Paul when he was um, journeying and he was bitten by a snake. You recall that story? Acts 28, 3 to 5. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast, Hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he hath escaped the sea, this was after a shipwreck, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Perhaps that's a preview of the beast of Revelation. Where will he be cast? 
the lake of fire. That's right. Um, here's another preview. If you're looking for these in scripture, they start to stand out. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 20, it's talking about the Old Testament. It says, For they could not endure that which was commanded, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And I've been reading in Exodus lately, I just happen to be where I am in my reading, and this is just quoting from Exodus. When Moses was first going up Mount Sinai to meet with God, um, no beast was to even approach it. And if they did, they were to be stoned. What's that a picture of? Holiness? Yes. But the beast itself being struck with stone. And I'll read, uh, I'll read Daniel, Daniel chapter 2 in a moment. What happens with the, with the statue, with the feet made of clay and iron? A stone, a stone cut without hands will come and smash the feet of the world system. And then it becomes the Lord's kingdom, that great mountain, that stone cut without hands. So it's kind of a preview as well. And think about the beast. Think about Satan, what he wants to do. He does want to climb that mountain. He wants to be like the Most High. But... It's not going to work for him. And thank the Lord for that. Daniel chapter 2. Let's read that passage, verses 31 to 45. And this was the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And he needed someone to recall the dream and to interpret it for him. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold, broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. That's the, the Lord's kingdom. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power and strength and glory and wheresoever the children of men dwell the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand and hath made thee ruler over them all thou art this head of gold and after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee and another third kingdom of brass which shall bear rule over all the earth and the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things. And as iron breaketh all these, it shall break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, 
so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. But they shall not cleave to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these things shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. What is going to, this will happen. We've been studying and learning about future events. We've been thinking we were in the last days for all our lives and a couple generations before and even before that. And it seems like a long time in coming, but it will happen. The dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It shall come to pass. Now let's get into how the Lord uses beasts to judge. Uh, I don't want to have this passage handy, but if you recall, there's the young prophet, I think it was in Kings, uh, who was told to deliver a message and go straight home. And then an old prophet told him to stay over the night and convinced him. And what happened? Yeah, the beast came and killed him. They didn't actually tear him apart, but then the old prophet came, found the body, and had to bury him. Um, and that gets into main, maintaining, uh, listening to the word of the Lord, not the word of man. We need to be careful of that. Um, Hosea chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more, and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding, all of it the work of the craftsmen. They say of them, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud, and as the early dew that passeth away, and as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. Notice the common language there with what will happen with the beast kingdom the chaff, it'll be, get blown away. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me. There is no Savior beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard by the way will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps and will rend the call of their heart and there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. God is using beasts to judge. And notice the characteristics here as a leopard, by the way. And we read in Revelation 13, it's as a leopard. Verse 2, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. 
The leopard, what do we think of when we think of a leopard? Its behavior as a, as a, as a beast, as an animal. What are its instincts? Well, its instinct is to climb a tree up on a perch where the prey don't think to look up and you can observe. And we just read there, leopard, by the way, I will observe them. But what's the first thing about a leopard's appearance that we think of? The spots. Yes, spots and blemishes. We are to be unspotted in the world. And what would a spot represent? It represents sin. It represents leaven. How much leaven does it take to leaven the whole lump? A speck, a very little, not just... How much error in God's word does it take to make it not God's word anymore? One. That's it. It's nothing to mess around with. It's very serious. Numbers chapter 28, verse 3 says, And thou shalt say unto them, This is the offering made by fire which ye shall offer unto the Lord, two lambs of the first year without spot, day by day for a continual burnt offering. It's to be without spot. Deuteronomy chapter 32, 5 says, They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. So we've got that direct comparison with spots and corruption. But what are we to do? James chapter 1, verse 27. Pure religion... Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. You know how some people say that it's not a religion, it's a relationship? Well, James chapter 1, verse 27 says different, but I understand what people are saying when they say that. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 12 to 14, says, But these as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots are they, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. They're being called natural brute beasts. And brute is like a beast itself, saying the same thing twice. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, um, emphasizing. They're acting like animals. We all have the flesh nature, the carnal nature, as part of us in this life still. But we know, um, and the Lord gives us the power to overcome that, the lust of the flesh. But this is talking about people who have no more self-control. They've gone beyond that. Their conscience is seared with a hot iron. And they cannot cease from sin. Unless the Lord save them, they cannot cease from sin. Brute beasts. Very scary. Jude, verses 10 to 13. 10 to 13. 
But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally, as brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. This is talking about people who are coming into their churches. They're there within their feasts of charity. They're feasting with them. Without fear, they have no conscience or fear of what they're doing. And they're empty. They're not following the Lord. They're deceived, probably deceiving others. Look at what the Lord thinks of that. And we look around the world and we see wicked people seemingly succeeding. Nothing happens to them. But when we do one thing wrong, the Lord lets us know right away and we're punished immediately. But that's because the Lord loves us and he wants to keep us. God chastises them, those whom he loves. Psalm 92 verses 5 to 7 says, O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. So God is allowing them to flourish. But what's it leading to? It's that that they shall be destroyed forever. They need the Lord. Without him, it's a hopeless future ahead. So the beast was also compared to a bear. Feet as the feet of a bear. Uh, one passage came to mind, and that's uh, found in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. I don't know if the kids are ready for a quiz on this one, Steve. That's a tough one. Yeah. But it's an interesting one. Yeah. I should do that one next. Okay. Kings. There'll be a reminder yeah. for them. This one, I think it's Elisha. Yeah, don't respect your elders. Yeah. Well, we're going to read it right now. So he went up from thence <laughs> unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, and mocked him, and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel and from thence returned to Samaria. What happened? Bears came out, tore up forty-two kids who were disrespecting him. So, respect your elders. <laughs> but look at this number forty-two. Isn't that interesting? What is that? What is that connected with? Forty-two weeks. Not quite. Months. Months. There's forty-two months referenced in Revelation. The three and a half years. Forty-two months. Isn't that interesting? That connection. Why forty-two? Why not forty-three? 
numbers mean things in scripture. Um, a bear, and it, I read earlier about a, a bear bereaved of its whelps. You watch out. You get between a mama bear and her cubs. And normally, animals naturally fear humans. But you do that, that's gone. They're not thinking anymore. You're in trouble. There's no conscience. There's no remorse. This is how beasts operate. They run on in instinct. Okay, how are we doing on time? We're a little bit over, aren't we? Um, maybe I'll continue the image next time. Um, just for maybe, a, I'll read a couple references as a teaser. Uh, the image, Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 to 6. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Those of you with Catholic friends and relatives, you won't find that in those Catholic Bibles because they have a lot of graven images, don't they? Leviticus chapter 26, verse 1. We shall make you no idols nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall you have any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. And yet, we have all this history of mankind over and over making images. We had the children of Israel while Moses is still up in the mount, speaking with God, getting instructions for the nation for the first time, they're already violating what God wants. They're making a golden calf, and they're saying that this calf represents God. God is not pleased. He doesn't want that. He never showed them what he looked like. What do they know? So, this, this image is vastly different than past idols because it has power. So uh, I'll save some of that for next time, but we need to guard against the beast-like carnal nature that's in all of us because we know better, because the Lord has saved us, because his spirit is within us if we believed and accepted him as Lord. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25 says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and of such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, 
against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, which we do, let us also walk in the Spirit, which we should. And we don't always, do we? And finally, the last passage before I close. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We're so fortunate that we can look forward to that forever with him. Steve, if you don't mind, could you please close in prayer for us? Father, we're so thankful that we have the word of God in our hands this morning. We're thankful for the faithful brethren who have uh, heard thy call and have obeyed in opening the word of God and studying it together with us. We thank thee for men and women of conviction who have hidden the word of God in their hearts so that they might not sin against thee. We thank thee for this message on the book of the Revelation and look forward to the rest of this book as Matt continues to expound it. We pray thee to reward him for his faithfulness in presenting this passage to us this morning. And Lord, grant us obedient hearts, always seeking ways in which we can honor thee in our everyday life. Part us now with thy blessing, we pray. And if the Lord be not come, may it please thee once again to bring us together next week around his table. For we ask it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow.